0: This week on the Tech On Tap podcast, we learn about how NetApp powers cloud success stories in the public sector. Welcome to the Tech On Tap podcast with Justin Parisi.
1: I love NetApp. Oh, yeah.
0: NetApp. I love this company. Zipalk. Zipalk.
1: I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs>
0: Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the basement of my house and with me today I brought along Steve Chesney uh, to talk to us about cloud, but specifically cloud in the private versus public sector and what the net up value add is there. So Steve, if you could tell us who you are, uh, what you do and how to reach you, that'd be great.
1: Oh, great. So my name is Steve Chesney. I'm a cloud uh, sales, uh, account manager here, uh, for our USPS accounts, U S public sector accounts. I've been around that for a while. I started in the net back in 2006 and I've been involved with our, uh, cloud analytics, uh, product since 2010. And we've grown and evolved over, um, the course of you know, several years and, uh, just enjoy, you know, talking about cloud and anything data.
0: And if we want to reach you, is there anywhere we can do that?
1: Sure, thank you. Um Chesney, C H E S N E Y at NetApp.com. You know, just like the singer Kenny Chesney. Oh but, yeah. uh, not relate not related.
0: Not related. All right. Glad you cleared that up. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh so like I said, we're gonna talk about cloud and specifically how it applies to public sector versus private sector. Um, but first let's talk about what the cloud is in case people are still for some reason unaware of what it is. So uh Steve, what is the cloud? Y-
1: well, certainly, you know, NIST um, has defined cloud uh, in, in five pillars, right? And being able to have ubiquitous access to services that one would normally get out of a data center uh, and that shared resources uh, and the cloud can be, you know, community based for particular organization types or it could be public like we have now. Or it be private, where it's internal to a particular organization. And so basically, it's providing those IT services that we've traditionally been used to getting uh, from an internal IT department in a way that we rent those services, so to speak, rather than actually having to buy those individual access. We just rent what we need, uh, and uh, we consume what we need, and then we'll build appropriately accordingly.
0: So, I, you know, the, the debate often is, when should I go to the cloud? Why should I go to the cloud? So what are you telling customers when they ask these questions, or are they even asking these questions at all? Do they already know?
1: Well, yeah, that's a good question. You know, we've worked with several customers um, around this, and, and in this role, you know, some of our tools, uh, solutions like Cloud Volumes on Tap, which is our ability to move data from an on-prem solution to a cloud environment, whether it's AWS, Azure, or Google, um, many times they come to us and they've got a mandate, right? To get to the cloud and and, and the technical people are, are wondering how do we do that? And so we kind of step that back and try to understand, you know, what is the use case? And we find primarily customers who need to back up their data to the cloud for, for data protection or disaster recovery or go to the cloud to uh, run their dev uh, ops or dev test ops environments, even in production, right? And so um, the, the advantage of the cloud is that you don't have to create another data center to do that, and you don't have to, um, you know, expend those exorbitant amounts of, you know, capital investments to realize the cloud. So, again, being able to have that agility to continue one's business or to protect one's data without having that upfront cost of spinning up an entire data center for that resource, that's, you know, some of the ways that we see uh, cloud being used and how, how we would advise to use a cloud.
0: So as you're talking to customers, do you find yourself talking more to the sysadmins and the and the people who do the the grunt work? And just, you know, And when I say grunt work, I mean like setting everything up and yeah. configuring and doing all that, right? Or do you talk more to the C-level people? Are you talking to like the CIOs and CTOs?
1: You know, it's been both, right? I would say the majority would be um, certainly architects and the folk who have to kind of plan uh, that journey to the cloud, uh, and then up into some of those uh, senior managements like CTOs and CIOs. Uh, you know, after we get something in implemented or in that process, then we get together with the admin engineer uh, as well. So certainly it does involve the entire um, say talent pool of an organization around IT, but uh, at this point, it's primarily been people with design architecture um, burden or those who have to carry out a larger mandate from senior executives and, and have to create strategy uh, around cloud.
0: So when you have to talk to somebody like a sysadmin or an architect versus a C-level person, how are you forming those messages? Like what's the difference in how you talk to those people?
1: Oh, well, that's a great, great question. So, you know, the 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 conversation around the technical people um, and, you know, I come from a technical background myself, right? Being a solutions architect and the engineer and a storage guy, right? In the data center. Um, the concern there is more about, you know, capabilities, speeds and feeds about networking. How can one connect uh, the on-prem environment into a cloud network environment seamlessly, and how you do that securely and protecting the data, and what—not um, just protocols, but what uh, you know data protection—you uh, know is, is available to to do that, and the means by which you know you orchestrate the data. Is it going to be some type of uh, clunky script? Whereas are there automation tools to do this and uh, can we build policies around this so that things can happen, uh, you know, again, automatically and we not be burdened, right, with another platform to manage. Um, Whereas when you talk to business leaders, the idea is about strategy and how do we continue our business and how do we, you know, so some would say, you know, cloud is you're going to save money in the cloud because you're going to avoid capital expenditures. But, you know, cloud isn't cheap. Right. Um, but it does give that agility, that flexibility uh, that customers need to go to market quicker to, again, to make to protect the data, to protect the environment in case, um, you know, things happen uh, and things do happen. Right. We saw in, in, in the news, a lot of the recent um the natural, the, the weather here in the East Coast, you know, the uh, tropical storm, hurricane coming through this past week. Uh, overseas, we saw, you know, what happened in um, uh, Beirut, and so these things happen in, in our environment. So, business leaders, how do I protect my business, you know, uh, some cata- from some type of catastrophic event, while, if possible, save money by the cloud, if it's possible. And I think that's where NetApp solutions come in. We're able to decrease the footprint, or optimize, I should say, that footprint of storage and compute in the cloud, so that as those uh, strategies are uh, enabled, then customers have a means to take advantage of cloud advantages, of cloud's uh, capabilities, but without, um, what I would say, in the most efficient way possible.
0: So, uh, you know, you I know you deal with a lot of different types of customers, and I know that there's this type of, you know, there's a reference to the public sector versus the private sector. And I often get the two confused. And I'm sure other people do too, like, you know, which one's which. So could you kind of give me just a brief rundown of what public sector means versus what private sector means? And then let's talk about how the cloud is differently approached by each of those.
1: Yeah, so that private sectors, mainly your for profit, you know, businesses, right? Uh, you have your large global uh, companies, your big banks and insurance and retailers, um, and the enterprise and smaller businesses, um, and uh, and then you have public sector being, you know, government based in some way or serving the public need and the idea that their, their purpose is not necessarily for profit but to provide service uh, to the to the public, to the nation, to the state, and so. We deal anywhere from uh, our Department of Defense entities to state, local uh, municipalities, and and educational uh, institutions uh, that are uh, you know funded by the state. Uh, and, and what was the last part of that question? I'm sorry.
0: So, yeah, basically, it's, you know, we we have the difference between public and private sector understood. Now, how do they approach the cloud differently? Because I would imagine that public sector companies would approach it differently than a private sector company.
1: Most definitely. You know, the first and foremost is regulations and security. Uh, When you you think in terms of public sector entity, then they're focused more on going to some gov cloud. There's you know, AWS GovCloud, Azure GovCloud. And you're gonna have higher uh, security standards in most cases than you would a company who's just going to swipe a credit card and access a service in a cloud provider. Uh, Of course, they wanna be mature, um, uh, careful, secure, I should say, uh, and careful in the way they handle because, you know, things like banks and retailers you know, handling customer uh, data and, and, and monetary transactions certainly want to keep the consumers uh, secure and well protected. But the, I would say that main um, uh, difference is the security regulations and requirements. You know, some of these highly secure government environments uh, have uh, real strict specifications and even dedicated you know private cloud, community cloud environments that are separate from what the public would use, uh, even though public cloud services are, you know, highly um, separated so that they can host multiple tenants.
0: So it's interesting about the government because, you know, if you think about it, DARPA net (laughs) was like kind of the original cloud that was Mm -hmm. designed by the government to be a cloud for their own private needs. And then it evolved eventually, as we know, into the internet as we know it today, but now we've kind of circled back, and now we want another way to consume data and, and, and serve data. And for a while, the government was kind of you know a little apprehensive about putting things out there. But with the recent uh, deal with Azure to do the JEDI uh, mm-hmm. cloud, they're getting more and more comfortable with that. So can you, can you speak about how that has evolved over the last, say, five years?
1: Well, you, and you know that uh, it's, it was contested, right? And uh, or protested, I should say, by AWS. So it's still to be decided who's going to get the biggest um, slice of the pie um, for that. But yes, I mean, you you have these top generals, right? That that secure our nation uh, really comes to the point with the escalation uh, and the rate at which technology uh, is growing. You know that Jedi, right? That joint enterprise. Uh, environment to where all arms and services have a unified platform to maneuver globally and to put data and to protect data. So we, we've become uh, more inhibited by data silos, right? Every you know organization, whether it's military or agency, having siloed data and with a global mission to protect us, that ends up being a prohibitor. of of innovation and our our, uh, boots on the ground or our forces that are, you know, uh, offshore um, being disconnected and and, and impacted. So having a secure, highly secure, but unified platform in which to store data and information to operate and have, you know, compute power whether you're by land or sea, uh, air or sea, is to the benefit of the country, and it prevents and eliminates, in most cases, that single point of failure, right, or that geographical, uh, that, you know, uh, uh, isolation of assets or the, the vulnerability of being uh, having data in one area. With cloud, uh, data can be replicated and shared, and uh, content can be distributed on demand more so than when you have data in uh, geographically bound
0: it also helps with you know operational expenses versus you know capital expenditures and things that you have to buy and lease and keep versus you know the cloud where you can basically spin things up as you need them um, it also helps with situations where maybe oss start to age out and I know that this is pretty common in some of the government places I've seen. <laughs> We're like you know some mm-hmm. of these some some of these places are still mm-hmm. running Windows NT, uh, Windows XP, mm-hmm. and some of it is because mm-hmm. of applications and some of it's just because they don't have the funding to go to the next level. So a cloud can help them wow. there as well, right?
1: Most definitely. you know, I've been in my share uh, of uh, environments uh, where you're supporting our our agencies and entities where because they want to prevent disruption. Um, they will stay for long periods of time at what is seen as a stable OS. But we know that, you know, in our times, you know, uh, you you let a particular OS or software package stay on the market long, um, you know, hackers and those that would do harm find holes. So it becomes now um, disadvantageous to, um, you know, remain on old stuff, like I, if I could say it that way, even though if it seems more stable, going to the cloud then says, hey, not only do I have unified platforms, but I have unified, you know, uh, whether it's SaaS or PaaS or, you know, IAS uh, computing um, models to keep my uh, so systems and applications uh, functional, highly available. But most importantly, secure, because uh, the cloud providers in, more case, in many cases are more secure because of the SLAs and things that they are contracted to do and been mandated you know, by government regulations. They're more secure than what we would have in our siloed data centers where you have personnel you know, moving about all the time, uh, as, as it is in many of our um, DOD organizations.
0: So, you know, as far as NetApp is concerned, what's our value add for these types of rollouts, right? Like for, for especially in terms of the uh, public sector where security is critical and, and also the ability to go between clouds like with, with multi cloud approaches or or migration from on prem to cloud. Like where does NetApp play in there and where do we shine?
1: Hey, great, great question. And the you may know, um, or many people may know NetApp as being, hey, the the on-prem hardware NAS uh, provider, uh, storage or solution provider, and and certainly that is uh, we've done very well in that space. But 30 years of innovation, right? That's where we were, all right? And so we've grown and evolved so much beyond that, and not just now, but uh, Increasingly and and with the demand and needs of our customers to where it's really always been about the data and uh, certainly cloud has its promises, but then, you know, the concern, especially in regulated industries uh, and organizations is that maintaining, you know, the data stewardship is still the responsibility of the organization. Um, most cloud providers talk about that shared responsibility model, even in security, but even in data management. Even many SaaS uh, platforms will say, hey, we provide the service, and they may give some small level of data protection, but it's not nearly as robust as what customers needed. So NetApp has come and has partnered with uh, all three of the major, you know, cloud providers, CSPs, cloud services providers, Google, uh, AWS and Azure, and through through that partnership, has developed integrated solutions with our on-prem systems that are, uh, you know, the world's most popular storage operating system, the USPS most popular storage system, and being able to take the technologies that, that many of our customers have come to love and depend on, stable technologies, such as Snapshot, SnapMirror, SnapVault, FlexClone, uh, and have integrated them in such a way that customers can get their data to the cloud in the most efficient way possible, but not be locked into a particular cloud vendor. Um, and then as as well as then, you know, back that data up or tier that data based on uh, its usage, utilization rates, I would say. Uh, and this decreases costs because we bring in our storage efficiencies that we've always given customers, deduplication, compaction, compression, thin provisioning, so you would decrease that data footprint so that when you do go to the cloud, um, then you're not spending exorbitant amounts of money. I want to say this. Um, 2019, IDC produced a multi-cloud management survey and, uh, of, uh, of U.S.-based enterprises, and that survey, uh, one of the conclusions was that 93.2%, and this was a lot higher than I thought, 93.2% of all US-based um, organizations say that they plan or already do to use a multi-cloud environment, meaning they're not gonna be limited to certainly not just on-prem and hybrid, but they won't just be an AWS cloud, but they'll be in AWS and Azure, or Azure and and uh, Google or some uh, combination thereof, but they won't just be in cloud. That's one cloud. So what happens if you still need to manage data in multiple cloud vendors, right? Moving that data in and out, those egress charges, we're going to help you do that, minimize that footprint, but you maintain control and can do that in the most secure way possible for data uh, in flight and data at rest.
0: So I understand that we acquired a company recently that can kind of help with this cloud story and that, that company is called spot. So could you tell me a little bit more about what spot is and how it adds value to that overall portfolio?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, when you go to, and I'm just going to pick on AWS here, is you go to the cloud provider and you choose the, um, your, your compute instance, you know, and I'm very excited about this. Yeah. You, um, you know, there, there, Two or three choices, right? Three or four choices, I should say. There is the pay-as-you-go instances, right? You for credit card, you get the size of the compute node you need and go off, right? And you're paid by you pay by the hour and the instance type. Then there's reserve instances if you want to decrease your, um, you know, the the, the the amount of the bill. Then you subscribe for a term, year term for your term. It greatly reduces the rate. Well, the most. Uh, uh, cost-sensitive um, way of doing this is to get a spot instance. And that's basically you bid. And the lowest bidder uses that instance. Well, that remains in effect until someone underbids you. And then you get a notification and that instant goes, along. Instant goes away. You save a lot of money. But if you're trying to run a stable workload there, there's a lot of risk in losing that instance. What spot does then, it says, hey, we're going to create an, uh I think it's called an elastic group of these compute nodes that you need to run your workloads. And we're gonna use a lot of AI, uh, a lot of machine learning to and predictive analytics to understand when that particular node may go offline. You know, you'd be underbid by it. And then it can predictively, you know, add uh, new instances. So you, you maintain that low cost uh, in 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 as of a spot instance, but you decrease that risk and losing it. So it's it's compute optimization. Now with us acquiring spot and already having storage optimization to products like cloud volumes on tap, we're gonna be able to merge the best of both. So customers can go to the cloud but remain efficient, reducing the cost, but still getting all those increased benefits of cloud cloud.
0: So, you know, as you are aware, and as everyone's aware, things are a little bit different now with how people do business and how we, you know, work. So how is the cloud helping in a time where it's becoming more critical than ever to be able to work remotely?
1: Yeah, I was amazed at this. Um, Where, you know, VDI, right, has always, uh, has really come of age, right? And it's been a solution to where uh, you know, mobility. Um, you know, workers and uh, executives are moving about and not just staying static in on-prem, uh, on-campus environments. They're working from home. They're mobile. They're in airports, wh- wherever. Right. And so, VDI allows that um, access to compute, uh, a compute, you know, a desktop, basically wherever, you can bring, literally bring your own device in many um, cases, like to bring your own iPad or Compute node, and you connect into an instance that's consistent with what's been provided to others, but then you don't have to have a bound by hardware, all right? So what happened during COVID-19, we saw that even though we know our users, end users are mobile, now the folk that manage that back-end infrastructure, right? Uh, in a data center, they were forced to be mobile, right? They Many could not even go in to the data centers in you know, a of time to manage the back end. So, uh, where well, we've been able to help customers with particularly cloud volumes on tap through our ability to migrate or replicate data from an on-prem instance into the cloud, so you're going to put VDI, that infrastructure, in the cloud, we've been able to help customers move that Infrastructure into the cloud using cloud resources. So now, not even the your engineers and admins that manage the VDI backend infrastructure are bound by a data center. They too can become uh, more agile and even in times like as we are now, can't get to the office as we had were in normal times. Operations can go forward, customers can be served, um, members of an organization can have access. They didn't do
0: is there anywhere you can tell me I can go to to learn more?
1: Most definitely. You know, I'm always surprised when we work with customers, right? And we we call it Cloud Central. It's cloud.netapp.com, and that is where we're keeping all of our innovations, our latest and our greatest. Uh, and you'll find a wealth of information there, cloud.netapp.com. Many times, I'm working with a customer, and maybe I had worked with another customer. Uh, the day before and I'll go to the site and we've updated something, we've changed something, Uh, uh, we've offered a new service that's available or uh, an existing service we've enhanced it like Cloud Insights. You know, this is a SaaS-based hybrid multi-cloud analytics platform. And what will happen is because our developers and engineers are creating ways of having customers visualize their data, uh, and, and manage the data and make decisions about their environments, they're able to push out changes and innovations uh, more rapidly and seamlessly without the customer being burdened to update. So cloud.netup.com is awesome. I'm learning, continue to learn there uh, every day, something new is offered. And customers will understand not only what solutions we have, but our strengthened and ongoing partnerships with the Big 3 uh, AWS, Azure, and Google, as well as new offerings like Spot, like we talked about uh, um, earlier, uh, how NetApp is continue to partner and bring in technologies um, to make the customer's uh, cloud experience enriched, more enriched.
0: So before we close out, I, I want to ask you, um, what's a recent customer success story that you've dealt with? Like, how, what was the use case and, you know, what were they using the cloud for and what did they end up end up using?
1: So yeah I won't call a customer by name, but I was um, a customer who uh, out in I would call the the area out in the um, the Nashville Tennessee area uh, that customer needed to you know so let me let me elaborate on the use case Three data centers in that one um, you know city area very vulnerable because in the summertime or spring you know, there's tornadoes right? And can you imagine that if a tornado ripped through in one city, all those three data centers or, or one or two could be hit, causing major disruption to the business. So the customer needed a way. How do we have DR, um, disaster recovery, and how do we back up our, our data? But we already have three um, data centers in the same area. Do we go and build another data center in another geography? Uh, and you know physically building it and then the people to manage it uh, and, and then all of the the technologies there that, that are involved um, you know it's, it's complex and costly so with cloud volumes untapped we were able to help the customer have a pathway to the cloud in you know not just uh, you know months or, or years and, and, and get that data protection they needed um, but you know within you know minutes and hours of creating an instance through our, or- our orchestration tool. And the only reason I say hours is, you know, they had to go and configure the, the cloud networking environment. Uh, Amazon calls it a VPC, uh, a direct connect environment or VPN. So those things have to be taken care of. But with our solution, once it's deployed, and most times it's on the marketplace in the cloud provider, uh, you simply can uh, deploy the instance on-command unified manager bring up an instance of cloud volumes on tap, uh, use Snap Mirror to replicate from the on-prem to the cloud uh, with the appropriate resources. And now the customer is protected. Whereas before there's that sense of panic and urgency. Uh, especially, you know, we just had a tornado uh, hurricane come through earlier this week. So I think that's a great success story in that we help the customer who provided, and I believe this is a healthcare provider, um, you know, take care of their customers. Enable, uh, have uh, VR and backup needs enabled, but then it saved a lot of money now because they don't have to go and build that data center. You know, back in the day, you know, when the cloud was really hitting, and I guess I can say that, uh, you know, been around maybe an old timer now. uh, I remember days as a storage engineer, you know, pulling fiber channel cables on the tile floors uh, and certain banking customers in the middle of the night. And so, you know, kind of having been around from the hardware focused days now into cloud, seeing cloud at once it was a trend, but now it's a reality, right? It is a need, right? Especially as we've seen with COVID. Um, but having cloud there and then being able to use cloud most efficiently is two different things. Anyone can go to the cloud. I've been able to work uh, with customers who went all in cloud, it means they left their total on prem. Um, business or data centers and say, hey, we're doing everything for the cloud. Only three or four years later saying it's so expensive, we've got to come back, right, and build some on and partner with other colos and data centers because it was too expensive. I think now customers now have that uh, capability uh, with our solutions and being a leader in data management to where, hey, I can take advantage of the cloud but we, we don't have to bankrupt the business, right, to go to the cloud. We can in, use those enablers, get all the benefits, but still maintain control of our data uh, and, uh, you know, and enable our business to go forward. So I think NetApp is primarily positioned, uniquely positioned, um, and not only do we have these solutions and partners, partner with the cloud providers, cloud providers are coming to NetApp as well, saying you guys have something valuable, our customers need you give them a pathway to us let's do what's best for the customer so i think netapp is uniquely positioned and i think we're able to serve our customers even better in the in the years to come
0: all right steve thanks so much for joining us today uh again if we wanted to reach you how do we do that
1: yeah so chesney c-h-e-s-n-e-y at netapp.com i'm on linkedin steve chesney um mba and you'll, you'll find my name there. So I'd be to love to connect with you and talk about cloud, talk about NetApp's uh,
0: solutions for cloud enablement. All right, excellent. Thanks so much. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via TechOnTapPodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire TechOnTap Tech Podcast team, I'd like to thank Steve Chadley for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. that's getting off on this oh yeah